welcome. Everything is fine. This is a Good Place Podcast. We are the Nerdy Boys coming at you from Nerdy Things Pod Productions. I am Tim. This is Kevin Jules. Say hello, guys. Heyo. Hello. And this is Everything is Fine, a Good Place Podcast, a podcast we do every week, comes out every Monday, exclusively about the hit NBC TV show, The Good Place. We do an episode for every one of their episodes. We are just about through with season one, and we are going to catch up by the time season three premieres, and then we will go through it every week with you guys, brand new, where none of us know what's going on. Right now, Kevin and I do. Jules has no idea. So this is always fun. Um, You can reach us on social media in between episodes at our wonderful Facebook discussion group. If you go navigate to Facebook any way that you see fit and search everything is fine, you will find our discussion group there. And we have some people that just like to talk about what we talked about in the episode and expand on some of our questions and all that kind of stuff. And it's really going to get interesting when there's fun conjecture and speculation this fall. Although somebody put a spoiler link. Well, I don't know if it's a spoiler link. I didn't click on it. They were saying Uh-oh. it said where the characters are for season three. And I was, I love that. I dig that, but I'm excluded from that because I don't want to know. But that's really cool. Yes, we want more of that stuff. Drop links, drop all the news and stuff that people are, are what they're doing and everything because that's fun and we'll talk about it. And we love the show. And if you love the show too, that's a place where you can, you know, we could all love the show together. Yeah. If you are going to post links or anything past where the podcast is presently, Big spoiler alerts on the top for people like Jules and hopefully other Juleses that we've attracted that have not watched the whole episode yet. Yeah, the, the, whole the title. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of fine ruining it for Jules. Just so uh. we're clear. <laughs> yeah, but don't ruin it for anybody else. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, so we have this Facebook discussion group. We have an Instagram page at Everything is Fine Podcast. And our parent affiliate the nerdy things pod network nerdy things podcast you can reach us on social media there pretty much anywhere at nerdy thing is pod not nerdy thing is pod because this is everything is fine <laughs> nerdy, nerdy thing things is pod, pod at <laughs> nerdy things pod or nerdy things pod.com all right well we kick off every episode with a little bit of a callback to the previous one and in the previous episode, Eleanor thought she could score major points by holding doors for people. So, you guys, if you had to be like, I gotta get points, I gotta get points quick, and let's let's forget the whole ethical conundrum of your motivation. Let's just say you like, I gotta churn out points. What do you think the best way for you to churn out points would be? Oh, boy. Uh I got this one. It's returning the carts at the grocery store to the little corral that they have. I'd just be running around doing that constantly, racking up those points. Pew, pew, pew. Why does does nobody put them like it? They are conveniently placed. The little cart racks are not that far away from each other. And they're they're pretty much there's one for every little bubble of cars. I don't know. Exactly. It's kind of ridiculous. Exactly. (laughs) Shout out, shout out to, to grade school, elementary school teachers, because they give you things in life sometimes that just stick with you forever. And I remember my third grade teacher talking about the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would do on, have them do unto you or something. Oh, I thought the golden rule was going to be always put your cart back. (laughs) 
No. So, so one of the examples she gave, I'll never forget this, was like when you're at a grocery store, you just you, you should just do good things, like put the carts back in the cart corral. And that stuck with me for my life. And I now to this day, whenever possible, sometimes you go to a Target and Targets are weird. and They don't have cart corrals. So they're like across the parking lot. I'm like, dude, it's easier for me to leave it in the front here. So the guy doesn't have to walk, whatever. But if it's at all possible, I put the carts back because of that little thing from my teacher in third grade. <laughs> um, that's that's really funny. That's really cool. Um, so if I was living in that good place where everybody was at, you know, all the frozen yogurt, I am notorious for never getting napkins because I always forget them. So I would walk around all the frozen yogurt places and just kind of hand people napkins because I know they're going to need napkins and most likely they don't remember that they're going to need napkins. Like, I don't know why I, I know I'm going to eat something messy or if it's popcorn or if it's, you know, ice cream or something. I just, I just don't think of napkins. I'm not that person. So I know there's going to be some of them out there as well and it's gonna be it's gonna be like two points maybe but it's a lot two points per napkin i'm just gonna throw napkins at everybody you're gonna make it rain yeah. napkins he's out there like like he's at Pretty a strip much. club <laughs> that's my thing <laughs> so i i went a little unconventional with this because I know there there would probably be a mixture of bad place points in this too, but I'm pretty sure the good place points one would outweigh it. So I have two different cookie recipes that are absolutely freaking fantastic. I would make... Yes, he does. There we go. Kevin, Kevin can testify. So I would make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cookies, and I would distribute them first to everybody I knew because that would be easy. They would take it from me, and then I would get massive points for each one because the deliciousness sends you into a euphoria. But... Then I would just like give it to random strangers. Now I know I would lose some points for diabetics. Fine. But I'm telling you, per cookies, I'm gaining more points than it's worth. And I would probably lose some more points for people who are creeped out. But nonetheless, I'm telling you, the net gain would be tremendous. So I would just be churning out cookies and handing them out to as many people as would take them. Now, do they have anything like a peanut in there? Because you would also lose that for people with peanut allergies. Because that no. might carry so over into the good place. We don't know. It's a dark chocolate chip sea salt cookie. And oh. there's a uh, like a ginger snap, like a soft baked ginger snap cinnamon cookie. Oh, pretty, pretty kind of generic, mostly good for people. Well, not good for you, but yeah, <laughs> things that people can eat. Sure. Except for diabetics. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, that's Just how I gave my out points. cookies, giving the cookies to the world. That's good. Mm hmm. I dig it. Good place cookies. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> that brings us to our news item this week. <clears throat> and on the news this week, Michael Shore, the creator of the show, did a podcast or was the guest on a podcast. And it is called uh, Filmmaker's Toolkit Podcast, I believe. I want to credit this correctly. So let me just double check. Yeah. Filmmaker's Toolkit Podcast. And he uh, gave a bit of an interview. But one of the things that I thought was interesting, because... This is a giant pet peeve of mine in in sitcoms in general is when characters just either change out of the blue or don't change at all. So he, he gave this quote, the difference between good and bad long term storytelling boiled down to what Daniels called institutional memory. This was somebody he learned from. <clears throat> it really annoyed him that characters seemingly didn't learn anything, said Shore. 
characters would do something, act in a certain way, and then eight episodes later, they would be a different story and act in the same way that they did the first time. It's as if their memories were erased and they didn't learn anything. They didn't grow and they weren't real people who had real lives. That is a tremendous observation for someone who's going to be making sitcoms because it sucks when characters just out of the blue do things that just don't make sense. That are, yeah, out of character (laughs) for them. And that kind of signifies like a good show versus a bad show as well. Like a good show does have that sort of story, that character development going forward. And a bad show that's maybe less entertaining would, you know, have the same characters doing the same things over and over again. Yeah. I mean, so many times you have, even if it's like, They had a baby this episode. Suddenly the next episode, the baby doesn't come up at all and they're just out on their adventures. That's not growth. That was just a plot point. Yeah, definitely. Whenever things are just plot points for the episode and it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. But then you know that the next time it's going to be nowhere. This is never going to be mentioned ever again. Like that, that kind of sucks. But yeah, he's doing some cool stuff. Like I'm thinking about it now. If I were to go back and watch The Good Place, I'm going to see a totally different Eleanor uh, than I know her now. Like, even just now, within the first season, it's a different person. And that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I thought two examples kind of came to mind for me. I mean, like I know he uses the example of characters doing the same thing over, and that's equally as bad. But sometimes it's like they forget that we watched the early episodes of sitcoms too because the characters completely change. And one of my favorite shows is is New Girl because I think it's hilarious. But the character of Winston, who actually turned out to be my probably my one of my favorite characters in the show, but he is totally different in episodes one through four than he becomes at the end of, of the the whole thing. But not in a way that shows character development, in a way that they just completely changed his character because they didn't know what he was in the first place. And that stuff happens all the time, too. But when I think about, let's say, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is another Michael Shore show, um, their characters always reference things that they did in the past and talk about how they're either doing the same thing but acknowledging it, that mm-hmm. they know that they're they're not growing, or talking about how they're doing something different now than they would have back then. And the show is so much more... There's so much more satisfaction in it because of that, I think. Well, not only that, but if we're using Brooklyn Nine-Nine as the example, if you look at the pilot episode of that, there are at least two things that are just happening in the background that never get acknowledged that are fundamental to the characters that are doing it. The examples I have are Terry is Skyping with his daughters in the background of one of the scenes. We've never mentioned his daughters at that point. We have no idea anything about his family, and he is just Skyping with his daughters in the background. He's not part of the scene. And then there's a scene where Gina is drinking a coffee, and true to Gina fashion, the coffee says Rosa on the side. And again, they never mention it, Right. But that's a Gina thing to do. That's true. And that comes up repeatedly. And but but it's it's a known thing and they acknowledge it and they grow from it. And I love all of that. Yeah. The the yeah. one show that really this whole article, I guess, brought brought to mind was uh How I Met Your Mother. Cause I think they do that. Mm. That was like my first instance of like them doing it really well. Sometimes they don't do it so well, but it it was kind of a mixture for me, I think, because they did bring up these larger story arcs. They did sort of grow, but then some episodes were just like super fun and it was just like, Oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) But that was like the, the one that I thought of whenever I was reading this. 
Yeah, how I, I've watched How I Met Your Mother a bunch of times, and there are some different, <clears throat> definitely some like background relational inconsistencies. Like somebody will mention having a brother that they never had or something like that early on. But the biggest thing that they did was they stayed consistent to the story arc. Mm -hmm. They kind of knew where they wanted to go from the from the beginning. And again, you know, it felt like you're following real people's lives because they would constantly call back to something that happened before mm -hmm. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely something you can see in most of the great sitcoms of all time, for sure. And I think we're getting better at that in the modern ones than we were even in the 80s or 90s, you know, just being consistent. And it's cool. It's good that uh, these writers are learning and trying to turn out good products instead of just mm -hmm. fluffy old garbage. <laughs> so, yeah, that was this week's news, <clears throat> which brings us to... What everybody's been waiting for. Sorry, guys. Sorry we had to banter so much and hold off so long. But this is the number one. It was voted last week on <laughs> oh, the Podcasters Association oh. of the World. Oh. Yes. As the number one segment in podcasting right now. It, it, it was official. Hooray. I run that organization. <laughs> it's, it's me and someone okay. else. But we voted. And... <laughs> We won, so it was awesome. So that brings us to this week's edition of Out of Context, Quotes of the Week. Jules, kick it off. Okay, I got two. I don't know, but the meaner she is, the more that turns me on. Is that weird? <laughs> and then... This ain't your bar mitzvah anymore, bitch. It's my 24th birthday, what? <laughs> cool. That's awesome. I had... Uh, is she having an orgasm? Did I do something? <laughs> <laughs> and walk it off, Lululemon, followed quickly by buzz off, whale humper. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was first on my list. <laughs> Cross that one off. Good job, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I have this one. Request to speak somewhat emotionally. Ugh. Dra I'm going to take some Dramamine. It helps with the nausea. <laughs> In preparation for your trips to the bad place, please take these fedoras. <laughs> Thank you. That was the one I forgot. That's further <laughs> oh my on my God. list. Yes. Yeah, so that is then awesome. this week's out of context quotes <laughs> of the week. So Ugh. that brings us to the episode itself. And before I get into the discussion, we have to kick it over to Kevin for his world famous synopsis. All right, so this episode picks up with Eleanor and not Jianyu heading with Janet to the medium place where they meet Mindy St. Clair, who is the worst person I think I've ever met, but she did one maybe awesome thing, maybe not. So they made a medium place where she goes and lives her life wishing she had cocaine. And then they decide that that's the worst thing ever because they get threatened and told that uh, uh, Tahani and Chidi are going to be sent to the bad place in their stead. So uh, Eleanor drags uh, Jason back so that they can face the music and they get there too late and everybody's agonizing over it. The end. The end. Yes. So this episode starts with kind of a flashback in Eleanor's mind where she's walking through the grocery store being old Eleanor, as I'll call her. She was telling Lululemon wearing ladies to get away from her cart when she <laughs> crunched into him, grabbing giant plates of shrimp. She was being mean to the whale humpers outside and boom, she died. So we get back on the train and uh, Jason and Tia. Oh, the other thing I noticed, <clears throat> excuse me, about that little flashback. Did you notice Tahani was on the cover of the uh, magazine next to the one that I did. Uh, Eleanor oh, was picking up? Oh, I didn't know that. No, I, I didn't saw see that. that. 
there's little things like that that connect when we get into this part of it. They all sort of start to come together wow. a little bit. So Tahani was a really famous person. Uh, but yeah, so we get back onto the train and uh, Jason wants to know where they're going. And she explains that they're going to a medium place. He just wants to know if there's a 7-Eleven on the way because he wants some gum. Yeah. That actually is the most medium thing I can think of. <laughs> a 7-Eleven has everything, but at the same time, it's a 7-Eleven. So uh. slushies, though. Come on. Oh, I have to have those slushies. So, yeah, they're going to a medium place, and um, Janet says that Jason taught her to, taught her about sexy things. All the sexy and things. The list of sexy things oh is God. something I want to talk about real quick because these Please. are the things. Just so you guys know, out there in the listening audience, if you don't know what is sexy, I'm about to tell you what is sexy. <laughs> In no particular order, Lamborghinis, cool snakes, spinning rims, 20,000 Instagram followers, girls with pigtails sucking on lollipops, latex pants, Carl's Jr.'s ads, and sex. Some of those are right. (laughs) (laughs) Those spinner wheels, man, you don't even know. (laughs) Sexy AF, pretty much. (laughs) I don't know, man. Carl's Jr. ads are kind of sexy to me i mean the food if you actually go to one fucking terrible but sexy as hell looking at those ads those things look so good yeah and also when the sauce is dripping on women in bikinis oh (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so they're headed to the medium place uh don't know exactly what that is uh there's a woman named mindy st Clair there so they are headed there on the train meanwhile back in our good place They are uh, talking with Sean and Sean is trying to figure out, okay, where should Eleanor go? And bad Janet states out her case with that ends with a fart and Sean rules the fart inadmissible. But then he (laughs) wants to hear what everybody else has to say. I didn't understand the cocoon part. (laughs) That was just kind of, I love the cocoon part. Kind of egregious out of nowhere. I was like, okay, Hmm. he doesn't withstand emotions. You got to understand, Jules, these are not humans we are dealing with. There are a completely uh, different set of rules that we are working with here. They just happen to make themselves look human. Yeah, and from, okay, that makes sense, I guess. And from what I know, they uh, don't really know a whole lot about humans, I guess, because Michael is still kind of learning about humans. So, like, yeah, that makes sense. I guess he wouldn't know that humans don't have a cocoon normally. But whatever. <laughs> right? I love it's it. It's just never come up. I love it that the thing that sets him into the cocoon, though, is Michael's testimony. It's not like it's one of the humans. Michael gets so passionate about it that it sets him off into a cocoon and yeah. it makes him come back out. Uh, so, yeah. So basically, we learn that throughout this episode, if they're going to make their case, they're going to have to uh, present their cases with no emotion. But that kicks us back to the train. It gets off in the middle of a desert. There's no house around there. But Janet's like GPS doesn't work. So they start walking and uh, Janet's like, "Ooh, this is cool. This is walking. Wait a second. Now I'm bored. Walking's dumb. (laughs) Same me anytime I go to the gym or anything, do anything at all. I feel you be. Yeah, so they they walk and they walk and then they find their way to Mindy Sinclair's house and they find a Mindy Sinclair naked doing some gardening. And the best part about this is obviously she's embarrassed. She's trying to cover herself up. 
Janet, I mean, Jason and Eleanor are like a little bit in shock. And Janet just stands there. Hi, I'm Janet waving in her normal Janet. Yeah. Way. <laughs> no way she to, doesn't know way to it's break anomalous. the ice and just have your robot friend just be totally out of normal human character. <laughs> so we get inside the house. Yeah. And Jules, I, this probably doesn't mean as much to you as it does to Kevin and I, but this house was the 80s. Oh, my gosh. This house was the 80s. Hmm. You could smell the 80s coming <laughs> off of it. Big puffy armed chairs, lots of like, oh. I think they called the color mauve or mauve back then. It's like a purpley yep, pink. Like real, like pastels. It looked like Easter. Yes, yes. <laughs> and there's, it's the funny, so one of the funniest things about this is she has a bar in the living room and she only has warm beer, which kind of sucks because all she really wants is cocaine, but they won't give her that. Everything here is medium. But on that bar, there's a little pink lamp that's like a seashell kind of shape to it and i looked at that lamp and i said to my wife i said Kristen, my mom has that lamp in her basement oh boy <laughs> she said what oh, no. i'm like my mom has that lamp in her basement and it's pink and we were doing the baby's room at the time i said wouldn't that go good in the baby's room and it is sitting right next to me right now because i went and found that lamp but oh. i'll probably post a picture of it later we have that lamp the oh, exact lamp. I'm not even Facebook kidding. Group. Yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, this house just represents everything about the 80s. And Mindy St. Clair is stuck there hardcore. She was, we learn, a lawyer, right? And, or investment banker. Was that what it was? She was an investment banker, right? I think it was an investment banker. Who was totally addicted to cocaine. It's basically the Wolf <laughs> of Wall Street. She just lived the Wolf of Wall Street and was a terrible, terrible person. But... She, on a cocaine bender, watched some video or something that made her realize that she needed to do something good. So she came up with this crazy plan. It kind of reminds me, she said she was going to fix the world, essentially. Like, this plan was a plan to fix the world. And it kind of reminds me of the guy who guessed what the good place was. Yes. Right? Yeah, same type <laughs> of thing. These are all kind of just obscure people that kind of just got it right uh out of nowhere and they, they just, just did some drugs and all of a sudden they could figure out what the the whole world so that's what so, that is so we we all just got to do drugs that's what we'll just know <laughs> we'll just know what it is that's a terrible message to take away from this jules please <laughs> jules's comments have not been endorsed by everything is fine in your a good things podcast or nerdy things pod Productions, right so <laughs> Yeah, so these people just happened to do drugs and guess the, the, the whole thing. But she ended up dying the next day, and her sister built a foundation in her name to do all of these good things. So as a result, they didn't know what to do to her, and she's here in the medium place, living out her life with Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run 2 and not having any books but these vampire novels is that what they were something like that and she just has warm beer i mean it's pretty much i'm alive but these are most of the things that i don't really like that much why would you want to live if that's life <laughs> yeah it's just sort of right there in the middle and that's kind of shitty still <laughs> i still don't want isn't that, that the yeah. point yeah and and so She's trying to basically, because she is a bad person, she's kind of the anti-cheaty. She's trying to talk Eleanor out of going back or having any inclination of doing the right thing. And she's just saying, no, this is survival. You got to do what's best for you. 
And then we do a flashback to Eleanor in real life where they try to throw her a birthday cake. And she's like, nah, I'm good. Don't give me a birthday cake because if I do a birthday cake now for me, I got to do a birthday cake for you guys. And I don't want to be part of this whole mess. And it just goes to show that that's how Eleanor always lived her life. Just total uh, survival. But back to Sean and Michael and the rest. And Michael needs to now admit that Jason is fake. And that doesn't go over well. <laughs> and everybody tries to give their testimony in their robot voices. Yeah, the the they were just staring down the camera and they were trying to be super no emotion at all, even though one of them is choking up right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> this sucks. They're hilarious. I loved when they were. I love that that Eleanor has made progress when she was here. It's just that's not that's not exactly right. I mean, you're still emotional about it. You're just speaking like a robot, but it it seemed to work. Yeah, it did the trick. It's it's the. I don't think he can perceive emotions quite as much as he's annoyed by them. So so if you're not emoting, then I think he's kind of just like fine. I can deal with this, but he's like facts and figures so he brings up the list of things that eleanor did on earth and got and lost points for now when we had a screen like this in one of our first episodes kevin and i screenshotted it and looked at some of the funnier ones on there did you happen to do that this time kevin uh i i paused it i didn't screenshot it but i paused it and wrote down some of my favorites yes there was yes, a lot of red there was just a lot of <laughs> negative yeah on there and I was kind of sad that they actually called out a lot of my favorites, like the brief Instagram fir- flirtation with Kid Rock. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. But there were there was salad bars sneezed on times 12 uh, altercations with various youths selling various items for fundraisers times 88 <laughs> heckling of mall Santas times nine. That was my favorite thing was how many like times nine times two. Oh, like, like, oh yeah. Drunkenly adopting and returning dogs the next day times two. Oh no. <laughs> Those poor dogs. <laughs> Strangers oh. flipped off miscellaneous locations. 138 strangers flipped off traffic 82 oh they're separated <laughs> oh. oh wow <laughs> that's pretty started funny. a fire in a mailbox to make a mailman take off his shirt that's my favorite one because <laughs> eleanor has a thing for mailmen uh, i guess hey i mean really i always wanted funny. to be a mailman i mean i still could technically i'm kind of young but like, how do you... Uh, I never understood I think any that. of us could still be a mailman at this point, but that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, excuse me. They're called letter carriers. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Just so Good that call. we're PC. My bad. Yeah. Sorry to be super PC normative. But I've wanted to... I don't know why. I just like the idea of just being alone all day. <laughs> Oh, whoa. Yeah, you're like a year-round Santa. I mean, you get to walk around giving gifts, especially in today's world. Mail only consists of two things. It's junk mail, which people are so used to, they just throw out without looking at so it doesn't bother you. Or gifts from Amazon. It's like, I have bought myself the best stuff. I love when the letter carrier shows up. I give her a hug. (laughs) I mean, Uh, really, Amazon delivery service is what they should change the name to. 
Amazon delivery service, yes. The USPS is an antiquated term. They are the Amazon delivery service. Let's be honest. Yeah, I always wanted to be Pretty one much. of those. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what so, happens. So how cute was it that Eleanor brought a picture of Chidi and an ethics book? I think it was multiple pictures, wasn't it? She seemed to set up a I couple. I think it was a picture yeah. of Tahani, too, no? I thought it was well, one. Well, if, if then if it was Chidi and Tahani or any one of them, it's still cute that she brought her friends. That's that's very sweet. Yeah. This is somebody who wanted no part of anyone in real life. And she's going to the medium place and she brings pictures of her people. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's what we were talking about earlier. The character development and her changing a little bit. Because she brought a book, an ethics book. Old Eleanor wouldn't read, for one. No. And this... Eleanor oh, can't yeah. read. She learned how to read in the good place. Uh, but the like uh, an ethics book? Come on. That's cool. That's a uh, change. Yep. So we get back to the decision-making process. And after we, we have looked at the, the list, somebody says, I want to speak emotionally. And he's like, oh, I want to take my nausea pills. And they make an impassioned case, but it doesn't matter. He says he's made a decision. Just like that, instantaneously. There's no deliberation. He just says, I've made a decision. And they go, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You want you want to hear it? I forgot how needy humans are. Yeah. So he determines that Eleanor is going to the bad place, and that he has not heard any testimony on Jason, so he's not sure what to do. Oh, wait, he's from Florida. Yes, he's going to the bad place as well. Ooh, automatic. Automatic. So yeah, that's what's happening. So they get out the walkie talkies, and um, the, they the announce Janet walkie talkies. Yeah. <laughs> They get out the the Janet walkie-talkies and they announce that uh, Tihani and Chidi will go to the bad place if Eleanor and Jason cannot return within one hour. Yeah, that's a short amount of time. I'm not going to lie, especially knowing that Jason is going to throw a wrench into everything he's ever involved in. Always. Yeah. So, yeah, Eleanor starts packing right away, of course. Mindy is trying to talk them out of it. Jason's trying to say he needs to stay and try and have sex with Janet. But ultimately, they start following her, except Jason does his Jason move where he pretends to be Blake Bortles, who's a horrible quarterback, with a bottle on fire and blow up the train. But that doesn't work. (laughs) Bortles! I was like, okay, like what? It's a Molotov, like one Molotov, and it didn't even go or anything. He didn't even do it right. Come on. No, he didn't. He's Jason. He doesn't nope. do anything right. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, he's trying to blow up the train back. But a little flashback back to uh, where Tahani and Chidi are. And I love this scene because Michael says that since there's no Janet here, I'm going to bring you soft serve. But Michael is dressed as Janet. It's uh, uncanny. It's amazing. I, and they don't mention it. They don't point it out. It's just that one scene because he's back to his normal bow tie outfit after that. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, so he's trying to make them cheer up. They're obviously not knowing what's going on. But back on the train, they're trying to get home, except for Janet will not program in the coordinates to go back home because of her, quote, ride or die protocol <laughs> with Jason. So basically, Jason holds the key. If Jason says they can go, they can go. If not, they're staying right where they are. (laughs) So dumb, but I love it. (laughs) Oh, it's so awesome. It's so Jason, though. It really is. Yeah. So Eleanor is trying to talk uh, Jason into going back, telling her why it's important. 
He talks about his nightmare about rats controlling his head in the movie Ratatouille. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but Eleanor's kind of case is, listen, I'm a good person now or a better person. And it took me dying to realize how bad I was. And he asks her, why were you like that? Which is the theme in this episode, because everybody yeah. asks Eleanor, why are you like that? And that goes to a flashback of uh, kind of a little bit of why she's like that, because her parents were really bad. I mean, I know she said this before oh and her parents were divorced. And of course, real Eleanor is like, well, my parents dropped me off in a fish tank and blah, blah, blah. But she was having her parents sign emancipation papers and they were all about it. Yeah. And she oh, looked yeah. like she was about 14. Yeah. And her mom's like, you're pretty cool. We should hang out sometime. It's like, right? no, you should take care of me because <laughs> I'm just your the daughter. Worst. <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, that definitely shows how someone can how something like that can change a person. And it's totally believable. Like, I'm totally OK with her character being the way she is now because she had to sort of fend for herself and, and be her own person. And there was no one there for her ever. So that can at an early age and that can put you off from like caring about anybody else or you know caring about any sort of consistent relationship with people at all no matter who they are that could change especially but yeah i totally believe it and it's really shitty but yeah that's that's who she was and that's her parents are yep. shitty well jason decides based on that story no more excuses Go ahead, Janet, do the thing. And she goes, ride or die, and gives them a thumbs up, and <laughs> off they go. And back home, they just missed the deadline. The hour has just come and gone. Sean, being a no-nonsense guy, says, all right, you guys are off. Take your fedoras. Get ready to go. But then Jason and Eleanor come in just a couple minutes late and throw everything into chaos because they won't let them go. But Sean says they have to go. So he says, fine. 30 minutes you guys decide. Boom. Fremulon. <laughs> yeah, so two people have to go. Uh, Puts it in their court. How evil is that? That's pretty evil, especially because awesome. Chidi can't make any decisions ever. So if he oh. has to try and help figure it out, then we're all doomed, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if Chidi being part of the decision is bad enough, but you're talking about four people who none of want to go to want to go to the bad place and they're all friends with the other person. It's not like anybody looks at one of these people and goes, I don't really like you. You can go to the bad place. Let's make this part easier. No, they all really want to help each other out. So this is this is just a bad situation so, to be in. So at, at some point, he just said two people here, like he said, everybody in here has done something sort of bad or whatever he said sean said and at one point i i almost thought that like michael would throw himself into the thing like i would i thought like somehow michael was gonna get into there and be one of the people that has to go which would like totally throw a super wrench into everything but because he messed up the whole yeah place it'd be like so he's done bad stuff too yeah i see that and, and i was like oh that could be Super interesting. Does Michael really care about these characters? But now, like, I don't know. I just thought about a bunch of combinations of people. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So. Nope. Typical good place. Uh, 
cliffhanger. So yeah, I love the cliffhangers. They're the yeah. best. They are the best. And I mean, think about it at this point. I mean, especially for Jules, but I remember watching through it the first time. There's one episode left this season. How can the cliffhanger at the end of the season get any better than what we've seen almost every episode? I mean, it's just building and building and building to that point where it's like, what could possibly happen? It almost can't. We have to have gone off that cliff right now. This this episode has to be the end of it, right? Right, because we just found out that, yeah, I mean, you'd think. Oh. Because two of these people go to the bad right. place. So, all yeah. right. Well, we'll save that for next week, guys. We thank you for joining us uh, on this podcast. Everything is fine. A good place podcast. You can find us every Monday right here. But in between those episodes, go to Facebook and join in on the discussion on our Facebook discussion group. Just search everything is fine up top and you will land on us. Uh, in addition to that, you can find us on social media at Everything is Fine podcast. And you can find Nerdy Things Pod Network at Nerdy Things Pod everywhere on the social medias as well as nerdythingspod.com and you can get merch there too we have everything what? is fine merch i don't i'm not too sure if it's on sale anymore but there's sales all the time happening over there go to nerdythingspod.com click the merch tab and you can get an everything's fine shirt an itunes logo shirt or i'm a medium person shirt so if you want to do that that's cool or if you're in the everything is fine facebook group i dropped the link there too so you can get merch super cool all right sounds awesome yeah well thanks for joining us guys every week we appreciate it as our audience grows this is going to be so much more fun when we catch up to season three for kevin and jules i'm tim as always have a great rest of your week bye bye <laughs>